still cool sports. This is Liz. This is Remy. And we're back. I'm back from my little short vacation. Yep. I was, How was that? You know, it was good. It was family time. I was in North Carolina a little bit. I am not a Tar Heels fan. Actually, my grandmother is a Duke fan. We were down there visiting family that lives down there now. And yeah, it was good, you know. We talked about in our last episode, Jalen Brown was up for contracts. Like you brought, you mentioned it. And I do. It happened. It, it happened. Did. And big deal. Like this is the biggest contract in NBA history. Yeah. Which, which, in all intents and purposes, probably is going to get broken a good 10 times next year. But yeah, yeah. There are guys that are going to say if Jalen Brown can get this is, 300 this, million, over $300 million. Like, I mean, I listen, if, if they want to pay you the money, take the money. Mm-hmm. That's my motto. As an athlete, if the team that you like to play for wants to pay you, take the money. Right. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. What's he going to do with that money? I'm like. Pay more taxes, man. Like, <laughs> hey, you know. I don't, I don't want to know the tax money. bill on, on $50 million. I don't want to know what he pays in taxes. That's a, uh, what mean, he pays in taxes, I can only wish for he he probably doesn't even know what he pays in taxes. That's true. That is true. So he has people that that do that for him. And you should know what you pay in taxes, no matter how many millions you make. Obviously, you have foundations. You have things you do with that money to yeah. offset your taxes. You should pay your taxes. Uh, just it yeah. helps all of us. It's my. It's crazy that the money between, that they have to pay. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is actually pretty intense. So I didn't, I wanted to look up the exact number. I didn't want to say. Yeah. What is the exact approximate number? This is a lot of money for two players. Just two players. Two. It's not even counting incentives because there's probably incentives that balloon those contracts up even, even further. Right. But so J- Jason Tatum right now is on a five-year, $163 million contract. So he gets paid $32 million a year. Jalen Brown is going to get 50-something million. A year. A- when is Jason Tatum's? contract uh, jason tatum's contract is up he's got a player option in 2025 mm-hmm. okay so at that 2025 points he is going to ask for a supermax right which could we don't, i don't know what the salary is going to be to at that point he could be getting 90 to 100 million a the thing is, that's it, not, it sounds crazy. I mean, inflation, but, inflation. Yeah. I guess this is what happened with inflation. Now you guys and, are- it, and it sounds crazy, but 
the NBA is making a lot of money. So these contracts are just reflective of the revenue that the NBA is getting. Right. So even though they sound like they're crazy numbers, mm-hmm. the owners are making hand over fist money that they're able to shell out the money. They try to keep the cap close because they know like teams like the Knicks and the Lakers will just go into the luxury and sit in there and everybody will go pay for them because they're story franchises. You know, so I, you, you got to have like yes a line. No, well, they want parity in the league. Yeah, and, they and you don't want the Yankees. Off. You don't want the Yankees. The teams like the Yankees. Right. Yeah. Where well, I mean, it seems like Oakland A's, yeah. right? It's not, it's, yeah, you want teams like the Yankees, but you want all your teams. All the teams like the Yankees. Yeah. So you don't they can't want these sort of teams that are mid-market teams that sit at the bottom. It's not good for your league. It's not good for you. Like, nobody goes to those games. You know what I mean? So. Weren't they chanting it? It was the A's in a Mariners game. Like, sell the team. Sell the team. I saw a meme yeah. about this. Oakland's went through a lot. They had that, yeah. you know, you see the movie Moneyball. Where they yeah. kind of did that. Where they actually had two people that cared about. That had new analytics and cared about the game. Right. And created a championship team. Yeah. Lightning in a bottle. It's right. never, they've never been able to do it again. Well, I don't think it was as much lightning in a bottle as other teams figured out how to do it and could have the money to do it more effectively to yeah. actually pay the players they wanted, right? Yeah. I like the NBA now. You can see teams are, are kind of, you know, like the Rockets went out with a splash and they signed two big names to get their team to a respectable place in the league. Maybe they feel that they can compete for playoffs. Right. And I think a lot of teams in the NBA, that's their thought process. It's why the Raptors can't really move Siakam for anything solid because other teams are like... We're back to Siakam. We're we're good. We're we're okay. How many minutes? We didn't even go... We went went how many minutes before we talked about Siakam? Because we're going to talk about Dame Lillard too. Because like those guys... And James Harden, like two years ago, if James Harden said he wanted to trade, every team will throw their whole team to go get it. Right now, yeah. it seems they're looking at it like, "But what are you going to do for our team? Or what do we we have to give up our whole team to get you?" You yeah, didn't Well, here's and you're thirty six. You're thirty six. I mean, these guys are older, and I I think that there is just a lot of talent in the NBA and coming into the NBA right now. Yeah, I, like I am I. I don't think I'm wrong about that. Like, no, oh no, it's not. just there's so much talent. So, yeah, it's it's you it's, know, I, and like, and yeah. now you're getting all of these guys coming over here from Europe, like Victor Wembayama in that, you know, on draft day. He said, he's like, the French are coming for you. There's a ton of good players in Europe and in France, you know, France and Spain, and they're going to come over here and they want to play and they're young. And so there's just a lot of talent. And, you know, that's that's just going to make, it's going to make the level of play better. It's going to make teams like, they're going to give out these big contracts, but then they can give big contracts to a guy like Jalen Brown I mean, he's really good. There's going to be three or four other Jalen Browns. The competition level in the NBA, you know it's a lot when 
the G League games are so much better, right? Because okay. now it's like there's players that should be in the league, but it's just that there's so many good players. Right. The competition is so fierce. It's so hard. The Cavs won summer league. They won hey, summer league. Hey, taking bragging the wins. Right. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. Bragging rights. And those guys that won summer league, most of them, if not all of them, are going to be on two ways with the G League team. I got an email from invite. I could have gone tonight, but I'm here recording a podcast with you. A what was it? A Cleveland Charge members night, and that you know where they try to get you to sign up for memberships. And the Cleveland Charge is the G League team, so. I could, I was like, maybe if I lived, you know, if I was in Cleveland all the time, I would, you know, sign up for G League membership and just go to a bunch of charge games for fun. I probably have good seats. I could see it'd be fun if you had like little kids and you don't want to take your kids and spend $100 a ticket for your six-year-old or eight-year-old to go to a game because you know halfway through they're going to be bored. But go home. yeah, yeah, they want to go home. But if you go and say, hey... I'll do, let's go to some G League games and take them. That'd be a good time, you know, and Definitely. it doesn't matter as much when you leave. And, but these guys are good. So I was like, oh, that would be kind of fun to go to that and like just see what they had to say and see some players. But those players on the Cavs, like at least two or three of them could probably in the past have been on the Cavs bench at the very least. And now they're going to be on two ways with the G, you know. In the G League. Also, like, nobody makes $1 million anymore. So, it's like you're looking at your bench, your guy that you don't play on the bench, he makes 8 to $10 million. So, you know, <laughs> so part, it's, it's harder for those G League guys to get to the NBA level because there's still players that they're paying so much money. Right. I was just like, in my head, I'm just thinking about it. How hard it is to be a GM at this moment with the salary, with the, with the, the money coming in, the salary cap structure changing so you can't have a lot of superstars on your team. All these players are playing really, really good. How do you pay all these guys if you're like to continue? Like you basically. You, your whole store day lineup now, you have to give that kind of money. And what are they giving Struess on the Cavs? Because I think their intention, their intention is to probably start him. I got to start him with that money he's probably getting. We got to start him. I got to see what he's reading. I think they gave him their, their mid-level. Yeah. I think. I mean. Which still is a lot. Still is not cheap. Yeah, was he wasn't cheap, I don't think. So I mean, it's he did a four. No, sorry, that was nine. That's not the right one. He was up for four years, sixty-two million. But that's not a bad contract right there at all. No, I I take it. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> so I'll take what the water boy makes. All right. <laughs> You know, this is what, this is an interesting point we don't ever talk about, but what does the lower level you know, or the low, the staff make on these teams? Because the thing is, with a lot of these positions, like 
if you go and work in the marketing department for one of these teams or somewhere in, you know, in the front office or whatever, you're probably not going to make that much money because it's a, it's a, traditionally these have been sort of like status jobs. Like, oh, everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. wants to work for MLS, the, the Raptors or the Cavs. Shit. Yeah, they're not paying you, but like they should. If they're paying their bat, their players, like pay your water boy. So, so I uh, seventy thousand a year. I did apply for a job at MRSC to be a video coordinator. Oh, you did. Right? Yeah, I did. And I and I met somebody that was doing that job. Yeah. And he was like looking for another job, and I'm like. You're the video coordinator for the Raptors? Like, you're one of the coordinators for MLSC, not just the Raptors, but for the whole building. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. He was just making what, like, regular video guys make. It was, like, 55 at that time, which was pretty good. I'm like, damn. And you're doing all He's like, yeah, it's not, it's not, a, it's not glamorous in there. Right. You have you to do be a lot sitting. of work. You and... have to be sitting. Anybody that's sitting where the camera sees gets paid. If the camera doesn't see you on game night, you don't get it. <laughs> That's it. So that is for mm-hmm. everyone who wants to work for a sports team. The only, actually, you do get paid if you make the deals also. So if you're yeah. a person that. But you see, Bobby Webster and Messiah are always in the tunnel on the camera. <laughs> they get paid. Okay. Right? Like all the GMs are like visible by the camera. You know, it's the same thing at regular jobs, right? The people that are, fa- are front-facing at their job get paid more. Uh, office jobs make more money. Well, I would didn't. I was talking because you're a receptionist. If, if you're like your young but woman receptionist, I wouldn't call. Even though they're there, the first person you meet, they can't make a decision. They're not okay. in a meeting make, room to make the decision. So yeah, yeah, right. And that job is technically. a Lower paid. That job is like the G League job of of a workplace. <laughs> like you're on the team, but you're on like your two way. You're on a two way. You may get into a meeting if we need extra. If we need something, you may get in there to sit down, but you got to fight for the big leagues. <laughs> that's not the list. That's not to say it's a bad job to have. I'm just saying that that job normally translates. That person normally moves into to an executive assistant position because if you're good at what you're doing, everybody wants you to work for them. That's how you parlay into a better job. There you go. There Career you go, advice from Remy. I hope you're all taking notes. <laughs> or not. Or not. I actually, as I mentioned, I made a list today for what we could talk about. There's a bunch of things that have been going on and something, you know, that also happened, Jalen Brown got that contract, but also Bronny James isn't been in the hospital for a cardiac arrest, which during that he had during practice at USC. Yeah. So that is, you know, yeah. hope he's okay. Sounds like he's going to be okay. That's yeah. pretty everything's pointing towards him being okay. Yeah. Right? Like the the Called him at time. Come to the hospital. Is that nice? And, yeah. You know, but it's 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 just one of those things where you never like. Life is very fragile. Yes, life is life is definitely uh, fragile. 
Yeah. And it's hard to know. Like we don't know the cause of cardiac arrest. There's so many things that could cause right. this. It could be just overstress. It could be just so many things, a lot of it, pressure. It's a, a lot, lot of pressure. Well, I think there is something to point out. And, you know, obviously we are not going to go into conspiracy theories or anything like that. This is the second athlete at USC that has had this exact same thing happen a year ago. At the same time, another top recruit, same deal, like exactly the same in July at their practice, at an informal practice. Could be just coincidence, right? You can't know, but I would look into that. Another player that also I was, this was, I was reading some of the articles that have come out about this, Keontae Johnson, who was drafted by the Oklahoma Thunder, by the Oklahoma City Thunder this year, had a cardiac arrest happen a few years ago. At I can't I think he was at Kansas. I want to say he was at Kansas. And then he remember. and he transferred. He came back after two years or so. I think he had to miss like a year or two. He eventually transferred to another school and obviously he was drafted in the second round now. He had a, um a condition that enlarges your heart when you from overtraining essentially. And that yeah. then causes cardiac arrest. You, you could imagine like how much more basketball is does Bronny play, right? How much basketball has he played in his life? You know what I mean? Like, right? The heart, like you know. So there's a lot. I think there's a lot. That's it's, what it's I, one of I, those I, things that like just I think, happened. Yeah. And I think obviously you know the family has to deal with all that. But as things you know, this kind of moves forward. I think there's going to be a lot of questions. This isn't just your average top recruit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, you know, LeBron went over there to find out what's going on. Right. He's going to go through one of those practices and see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This, no, this, like I said, this is the second play that has happened. You need to see what's going on at practice. You need yeah. to now. It's, and I think you never know, like a, a lot of it could just be like, it's abnormally hot. Right, it, you're you're happy that you're at a place where people, enough people were there, enough trained people were there, that they were able to get him to a place where the animals could take him, and he'd be okay. Yeah. But if he's on the street playing, who knows? Right. 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 No, and this is another thing. What somebody also mentioned in in some of the comments in the article said he was at a top facility where they are required to have staff whenever there's student athletics going on they're required to have staff that is trained in cpr to have a defibrillator on site they and that people trained to use it so they are you know that if you're going to go into cardiac arrest that is one of the best places you can go into cardiac arrest 100 percent. and yeah but a kid in a high school gym who's playing in a hundred degree weather, even if it's air conditioned and just has come in from outside or like you said, playing on the street, 
what chance does that kid have, right? If something like this happens. So I, I think yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of probably questions on about a lot of things that are going to have to be looked at and safety measures in youth sports, all these things. Cause you know, this isn't, this isn't, this is a rare thing that happens, but this is not the first time this has happened. So. Oh yeah. I think that's one thing with like, with sports is because it's an ever-evolving thing. You know, now you yeah. see what's going on now. You know, you, you yeah. may, it may become that you don't have those, too many of those heavy practices before the season and you are paying more attention to what the players are doing. Or you don't have, you don't have heavy practices in July, you know? Yeah, it's hard I mean, to Granted, weather. we're saying they're inside and it's air-conditioned, that's a big facility. Those things don't air condition that fast, especially in the gym part. Would be still warm on the court. You're running around. It's still a little bit hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. It's. I. I think there's a lot to consider. Yeah, I it's well, not. Sure. You know. So, uh, anyways, hopefully, like I said, looks like he's gonna be okay. And uh, he'll be back on the court very, very soon. I mean, soon. the the player that had happened to a year before. He played like he didn't he played in maybe 12 games towards the end of the season. And it was very like his first game back, he played like five minutes. They take it very seriously. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like he'll be back to getting himself back to getting on the court. Yeah. LeBron spends a million dollars a year to make sure he could play in the league for this line. Best believe that he's going to spend more than that to make sure that he gets his son back to 100%. Like, you know, this is a question I ask. Yes. But is that, I mean, I th- I'm assuming that's what his son would want. But if that, I don't know, like, if that happens to you, and they, I'm just speaking, you know, like, I feel like there'd be a little soul searching that would go on. What is your life worth? Like, yeah, there's, there's just going to be, you know, maybe, maybe. But then... You know, he pro- it's because he's also probably in this, like, you know, I'm not saying probably, but also it's like, this is what you want to do. Right. right? right. So, I'm not going to let this stop me, kind I of. I don't. And, and for LeBron, like, even though you can't force him, you kind of don't want him to develop any type of mental blockage to the game because of the scary parts. You want him to at least. Like want to, you know, you kind of want him to put him in the best position to go back. Some look at Ben Simmons, yeah. man. The the year of everybody yelling at Ben Simmons saying he can't shoot the basketball. This guy has never this. You see it like it's a mental block. Yeah, that he can't get over. Yeah, right? those are with sports. Those are once you develop those, it, it cripples your your ability to do a lot. That is true. There was just a thing, it's an article in the New York Times, and a retired star pitcher helps with athletes going through the, what they call the yips. And the yips is like when, like, all of a sudden you'll see a star pitcher just not be able to throw anymore. They've been throwing a baseball or softball all their lives. And all of a sudden, they can't throw a ball to first base. And it's called the yips. And it's this, like, it's a mental block. It's probably what Ben Simmons had. 
Yep. And so you have to get over that. That's interesting. Like it's, I like that way. I like that way better than when we're talking about before the NILs that the, that company for the baseball company where a former player kind of pays these players out and advance money before they get their big money and recoups big money when they get their big check. That is totally like, it's, you know, like I like it. It's great when former players take a, a position for the mental health of newer players because they understand that grind a little bit. They've been through it, you know? Yeah. So it's like these young players have no idea the grind of the NBA. Right. And, you know, like a lot, like it happens sometimes they look really good in college. They look really good in summer league. And then the bright light hits them and, you know. They disappear. Look at Anthony Bennett. You're number one pick. You didn't pick you. Who? Anthony who? Yeah. You know, and then, <laughs> you know, like you were a top recruit. You were supposed to be the next big thing since Shaq because you were big. And nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Every year declines. And it's, it's, it's such a, a, like, you know, other sports like football, baseball, soccer. Yeah, a lot of players on that team. Yeah. Right? So you have an opportunity. There's a lot of room to make teams in these sports. Yeah. So basketball, it's like soaking wet. 12, like, what? Yeah. For, for 14 players, maybe? And out of the 14, 12 of them play the most. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that's, it's tough. Yeah, no, it's it's the mental grind of it. And, yeah. and at the same time, you see players who went undrafted or were low in the draft. They come up and they they can handle it and they can play and they yeah. can improve and they can develop and they can get better. There's so many factors the whole thing about the yeah, it's so funny you said that because I was like I just saw this article about the yips and like it's a baseball thing but it, it really refers to any any kind of you've learned to do something and then all of a sudden you can't do it yeah right in sports activity so you know Ben Simmons is like the prime example of it in basketball <laughs> poor guy man poor guy needs a I'm sure he. I'm sure he's talked to his men. You know, therapist. I think. I think we may get a good Ben Simmons this year. I hope so. You think? There's a there's a little part of me that was like, you know, a team should just sneak and just take Ben Simmons from the from the from the Nets. Really? He, even if he even if he just comes out of his shell at fifty percent, he's valuable because he's a good passer. Yeah. Right? Like, if you just wanted to keep moving the ball, mm. like, I think his situation was tough because you went on to the Nets, and here comes KD. Here comes Harden. Here comes Kyrie. Mm. And it's like, oh, we have to win now. Right. So right. you're trying to, so now the pressure's on you because if you lose with this team and you're on the court, like he was, he was already on a team like that, right? Right. When the Raptors beat them, that was that Philadelphia team should have 
won a championship. Yeah. And that solidly stacked team. And so he's got a lot. So I secretly was like, yo, I wonder if the Raptors could trade some scraps for Ben Simmons, right? Well, if the Nets didn't want him. Yeah. Right? But now the Nets, I don't think the Nets are answering the calls because they know he's going to, like, he's going to play. his problem. Well, you know, what's interesting, so looking at this article, what this woman, this is basically this woman helps people through other players in so- and she's in softball get through the yips. And she says, you know, you address it. Just you just employ some tricks. You tell your teammates you don't hide from it. Yeah. And you you just you come up with ways to kind of get around it. And, you know, so what she would do because she was a pitcher and if she had to throw a ball to like one of the base, like to shortstop or whatever. So what she would do when she was playing because she just could, she could no longer do an overhand throw. So she could pitch, but she couldn't throw the ball overhand. So if she fielded a ball, she couldn't yeah. do anything with it. The workaround was she would just flip the ball to the shortstop and they would then throw it to where it needed to go, like a high velocity throw. So that's an interesting workaround, but you have to tell your teammates. Yeah, you have to be honest with what's going on. So yeah, like, yeah, everybody can help you. Yeah, and so I think with someone like, you know, even like a Ben Simmons, or if that's what his issue is, it's like, okay, how can we work around this? I mean, it's pretty bad if it's basketball. If you're a basketball player, and you can't shoot. Well, basketball players that shoot all the time and they can't shoot. <laughs> they miss every shot. There's two more things on my list. There's baseball and there's women's sports so women's world cup pick your poison is you know just a brief little mention i was in the u.s i was in north carolina my grandmother is a huge guardians fan so we watched some games and then that brought up the topic of and the guardians are doing okay the blue jays are doing quite well apparently i mean For no, the Blue Jays. We, we do well at the beginning. I mean, halfway through. I think they're, I think they're, they're playoff bound. It's them to lose to get into the wild card position. Yeah. So I, I, it's hard for me to watch because I get so nervous. <laughs> right. But like, so I can't really watch them because I, I, I love them, but I, but they hurt my heart. They're like the Leafs, man. It's like, Oh, well, the Leafs, yeah, it's, it's a depressing situation. Yeah, so, but I, what I like about baseball is you could be the number one team, get the most wins all season, and you just get met by three pitchers that are just having a great series, and they can outpitch you and right. beat you. Yeah. It's not about, it's, it's so hard to say that one good player is going to win your baseball game. Yeah. But one good pitcher can win your baseball game. Weird, weird right. sport. Well, some of the Guardians. Yeah, well, the Guardians. I mean, they're okay. We're not. I don't. It's not the Guardians. So we just talked about Jalen Brown's supermax contract. They're saying, and this was the discussion. Shohei Otane. Two points. One is would the Angels trade him? He's up for free agency. 
after the season. And the article today says the superstar could easily break 500 million and and MLB records in free agency. So they're they're saying we could see another massive, massive payday. So he deserves that, right? Because he pitches any bats. You got to pay for that. (laughs) That ain't cheap. You got to pay for that. Like, you can't get that on cheap. The fact that he's a top pitcher and top hitter, you're not going to find that. Right. You know, like, you're not going to find that. So, I mean, so it's funny. The Padres... I figured this out. Like I'm, I'm not really the biggest baseball fan of other teams because right. it's like a lot of still a lot of games. It's a lot of games, but, a lot of teams. Like, but you know, I used when I was younger, I used to play and I used to watch it. Right? right, so I was really into baseball first, and I so a player Tony Gwynn. Is it Tony Gwynn? I think so. Or other players. There's other players, but him for sure. So these big contracts that they that they give out, baseball, they'll give you seven years, five four hundred and thirty million, whatever they gave to Aaron Judge, whatever it was, something close to that. Yeah. But what happens is when you retire, the uh, rate that they have to pay you out decreases to like a million or two a year, Mm. but they'll pay you out for the next 25 years, right? Like $2 million a year, right? I'd be okay with that. Right? So I'm good. So Tony Gwynn, I think it's Tony Gwynn, he is, he actually is still being paid. He retired in 2000. I don't know he retired. I think it's too, like, he's, he's been retired for at least 20 years. And he's still being paid. And he's still being paid. Hey. Yeah, he's still being paid. It's interesting. I mean, the MLB's got, they're probably like, why do we got to keep paying? Well, not still being paid. He was still being paid. Up until. But he was still being paid. Right. A lot of of players that get those big contracts, they have like years. Where they're still getting. Yeah, well, we had another discussion back to the Guardians. Jose Ramirez, who's like the big Guardians superstar, you know, people were surprised that he resigned with the Guardians because he could have gotten a lot more money somewhere else. And basically, the the discussion was, and what I read because we were having this discussion is, he doesn't want to be in a bigger market. Because he just wants to play baseball. He doesn't want to do the endorsement deals. He doesn't want to have to do extra things. He wants to go spend time with his family on Sundays, you know, on days off. Like, he doesn't, he just, like, wants to play baseball and be with his family. And so for him, he could do that in Cleveland, make a decent amount of money, and he didn't need to make a massive contract. Because as much as we're seeing these big, massive contracts, and people who deserve it and all this there's guys that like also 
don't want the massive contracts because there's expectations that come with that that you may not want to deal with. And not just level of play expectations, endorsement, expect, you know, expectations that you're going to do more than, you know, be this public facing person on the team that you may not want to do. So I think that, you know, it's interesting. Another person who, who didn't take a big contract, Travis Kelsey. He he said he's been interviewed. He could go somewhere else. He could leave the Chiefs and go to another team and make more money. But he said, I like winning. And he wants he's going to if he can stay on the Chiefs, he's going to be on a winning team. And yeah, there's some they they prioritize winning over the money. Right. And there's some winning or just playing and be, you know, their lifestyle over just a ton of money oh for sure okay so i'd say this so i just was looking at players that are still getting paid oh yes right? still getting... baseball players yeah so chris davis who just retired in 21 she he signed a contract in 2016 for a good amount of money it was so it they had to set up $42 million in deferred payments. So starting this year, he'll receive $9 million for the next three years. And in 2026, he'll receive $3.5 million for the next seven years. Right, sign a big contract. It's very important. Yeah. I sign, mean- like, he could have still played. He signed his and retired. I'm mean, retired at that's you know there's a whole like, there's a whole like you know what is it the fire lifestyle financial independence retire early like there's a couple of football players that did that got their money and retired I, and oh football just, I would definitely do that farming football I would definitely do that because it's just so like so hard on your body and your head like yeah. you're much better off get your money when you can and then be out. Definitely. 100%. So the last thing we're going to talk about, not retiring early, but the Women's World Cup is on. I've watched a few, a little tiny bit. I watched a little bit of the U.S. game. They're in Group E. You know, it's it's interesting. My my neighbors were walking down the hall wearing their Brazil shirts. I was like, you watched the game, didn't you? She's like, I was like, did you win? And she's like, yes, we won. So there are people that are excited about this. And unfortunately, it's in Australia and New Zealand, which means, the time difference is killer. But, you know, one of the things we've talked about on this podcast, and Remy, you talked about, is how women, once more women start having babies and going back and playing, it'll be a good thing, and we'll see that more. Well, the U.S. women's team has three moms on the team. So three women that made the team that have had babies and have young children so they went, they had their kid, and they're back on the team. So that's pretty great. And one of the I like, I like that. Yeah. The U.S. women's team is really making it possible for the women to do this. So they have really good mater- like leave policies. Sports are different than if you just have a regular job, you can work pretty much up unless there's complications you can work up until you have the baby and then you need maternity leave but in this case if you're playing 
a sports team, you have to, you can't play after, you know, the first trimester. So you need at least at the bare minimum six months off, probably more. And that's before the baby is born, right? So and then the, there's the whole aspect of like getting back into shape, right. retraining. Like this, right. there's there's so much, so much more. They should get paid extra. Well, this is, I mean, and this is making sure you still are getting paid. So what? So U.S. Soccer offers six months of paid parental leave to all national team parents, including adoptive parents. And benefits like fully funded child care during training camps and competitions. So they're giving you child care too. This is a huge thing. You know, That's some of the players are saying like th- the only time they've gotten that kind of support is when they're training for the national team. So, you know, they're demonstrating, anyways, the whole point is that other companies and other places could look to that. Now, Canada is a bit different for anyone of our listeners who don't know. Canada offers like 12 to 18 months of maternity leave. And then I don't know of parental leave. However, that's through the unemployment benefits system, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you get like you get like a certain percentage of your salary. Right. Right. Um, some other yeah. stuff. I don't know. And but it's better than what I mean, the US has nothing. So other than unless your employer decides to well, not nothing, but you know, some states will guarantee stuff and different stuff, but yeah, most unless your employer gives you something. So the US women's soccer team is really leading that. And by doing that, they're making it easier for women athletes who have kids to come back and play and be successful. So good for them. The U.S. women are supposed to do well. You know, there's some other teams that are really in the mix. So, right, so Remy will will have to get up, catch up with women's soccer. Yeah, I'll, I'll, once it's out the round robin, are we out the round robin yet? No, they're in the group play. Yes, yeah, they're in the group play. So everybody I, gets to play. It's kind of fun, you know, because you get a lot of games and all of that. I always, you know. I like to just watch people just get eliminated. Well, that's also fun. I mean, yeah, they play for, you know, play play for keeps, I guess. But so that's all. I mean, we we came on. I think we were maybe going to originally maybe wait a little bit longer to do an episode, but I mean, when somebody yeah. gets Jalen Brown, $30 million, $300 million. Yeah, when the money starts pouring out, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, we, I want. I still want to know what's going on. I'm like, how did he work that? How did? No, I mean, th- thank his agent. That's a. That's a. I need a. I need a better. I need an agent. I don't, We we need a better agent. On that note, you can like and follow us, and you can you know subscribe to us on Substack. You can be a free subscriber and just listen to our podcast. If you want to join in and leave comments and join in the conversation, you can become a paid subscriber. Eventually, we're going to start doing special things for paid subscribers, just kind of working that stuff out. Now, we've only been doing this podcast a few months, so we appreciate all the support and all the listeners that we get. 
You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Liz Gallo. I tweet this podcast. Well, it's now called X. That's all different thing, but I'm also on Instagram. Remy is on Twitter and Instagram as well. And you can follow both of us. And yes, and it's X. Follow me on X. X. I can't. It's, I'm going to call it Twitter. I am. X much is what? X. Is that what you called it? That? Exactly. Ex- oh. oh, that was a bad, <laughs> bad joke. I, I needed like a drum, like the, you know, the symbol. Well, but anyways, you can follow us there and we will see you next time. <laughs>